The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Dan Casey in the hot seat with you on this cold, cold Saturday evening. Later on, we'll be going to my interview with Gaelic footballer turned Aussie rules star Eric O'Shea ahead of the AFLW, still getting used to saying that, grand final tonight slash tomorrow morning, whatever way you want to look at it, folks. It's a 3.30am start there in Melbourne, um, but I do believe TG Carr are showing out the game at 11. A huge congratulations to St. Catherine's, who are Munster Junior Club hurling champions. They beat Fianna Media of Limerick on a scoreline of 2.14 to 115. And there'll be some celebrations in the thrones of uh, Ballino tonight. We'll worry about the All-Ireland another day. Good luck to Castle Lions, who are currently just taking on Corfin of Clare. Strong Corfin side, uh, but no doubt Castle Lions will be well able to take them on in the Gaelic grounds. Uh, hopefully crowning the Munster Intermediate Hurling Champions. Disappointment for Sars Komogi, who lost out to uh, Sars from Galway today in the All-Ireland Komogi semi-final on a scoreline of 1-6 to 2-10. He will be back. Just a general quick uh, sports roundup. The state of affairs in the Premier League finished Arsenal 2, Wolves 1. Goals from Saka and Odegaard securing the win. That puts them four points clear ahead of Man City, who play Spurs tomorrow. Interesting things going on at the top of the table. Burnley beating Sheffield United 5 0 at Turfmoor, who saw this one coming. Huge points for them. Not looking good for Sheffield United, who uh, definitely weren't helped by that first half sending off of Mac Burnley. Brentford beat Luton 3 1. And uh, Nottingham Forest versus Everton is currently underway, but that remains scoreless. I'm talking to uh, Yall Jockey, Dennis O'Regan later on, but at the moment, looking at Jake O'Brien, another Yall man, scoring two goals for French side Leon versus Lons. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like enough to get the job done as they lost 3 2. Well done to, done to Jake. Uh, I think Leon have scored 11 goals this season. I believe he is responsible for three of them. He is surely maybe possibly their top scorer for a centre back. Leinster playing uh, Connacht in the, tonight in the URC. Return of the Mac. Mac Hansen is back into the Connacht squad. A big loss for them while he was out, and hopefully, hopefully it won't be too long before we see the return of Bundy Aki, uh, who will come back into the side in the next week or two. Ulster currently playing Edinburgh. The score there, 12-10 to Ulster. Stephen Kitchoff, the South African, is uh, making his debut for the Ulster side tonight. be interesting to see how he fares over the next few weeks. He is an absolute serious player. But the hardest working man in showbiz, Joe McCarthy, went to O'Donovan Rossa Park to report for the big clash of O'Donovan Rossa and Gusarano Rahelis. It seemed quite a one sided affair, with the Leeds Siders winning on a scoreline of 212 to 6 points. They are into the final in two weeks' time. And here is Joe with the breakdown. Joe, a general uh, synopsis of the game. Yeah, what a day for um, O'Donovan Rossa, the West Car Club here in Skibbereen. Uh, they've beaten. Gosseran uh, by 2.12 to not 6 to reach this year's All-Ireland LGFA Junior Club final. That game is going to take place on the Sunday before Christmas in Parnell Park. And uh, O'Donovan Rossa will meet the winners of tomorrow's semi-final on Sunday afternoon. That's the one between Claire Morris and Mayo and Lavi from, from Derry. <clears throat> but just then, just an absolutely fantastic performance all the way through from, from O'Donovan Rossa. What a season they've had. They lost last year's uh, Cork LGFA Junior A final to Neva Vaughan they bounced back this year they won every Junior A championship game beat Doheny's from West Cork their rivals in the Junior A county final and then they blazed the trail through Munster they won on the road in Tipperary won on the road in Clare beat the Kerry champions went to Glasgow last weekend uh, and beat the Glasgow Gales 214-2 to 2 
uh, not again fantastic defensive performance and today <clears throat> in front of a huge attendance here in Russell Park they got the job done goals in either half um, from Fanula Driscoll late on in the first half from Trina Murphy were, were important Ava O'Donovan kicked six points to forward as well but it's that back division um, of O'Donovan Russell that defence and the way they've defended all year which has been the big difference maker. They held Gus Aran to six points, two points from open play throughout over an hour's play. Fantastic effort once again. Brilliant, brilliant scenes at the final whistle when all the crowd gathered around the gate to cheer the, the team all the way back into the dressing rooms. It's it's history-making for O'Donovan Ross. They are into an All-Ireland final and a fantastic, fantastic all-around team performance to get it done. Was there a particular standout performance uh, amongst them? Um, it is hard to pick players from, uh, I suppose, the back six, really, Dan. You could pick any of them. They played really, really well. Full-back, Eamon McCarthy was brilliant. Um, and then in the forward line, Ava O'Donovan is somebody who doesn't normally um, get a lot of it. Att- she, she gets a lot of their scores, but she sets up as many of them. I suppose midfield, the two midfielders, Trina Murphy got a goal in the first half, an absolutely brilliant finish. But her midfield teammate is the Cork senior, Laura O'Mahony, who ran herself into the ground. The two of them in midfield, I suppose you could pick the two of them. Um, Laura picked up a bit of an injury towards the end. It's nothing serious. She went off just right in injury time with a bit of cramp, but it's just simply because she had run herself into the ground. And even in the final two or three minutes, Laura managed to kick her first point of the afternoon and then fed Fanula Driscoll for the goal, the second and match clinching goal. Um, really, really all around terrific performance from Laura. She has done all year, but herself and Trina Murphy in midfield were excellent. But on these kind of days, Dan, you couldn't really pick one player out. Um, but that that defence, I keep talking about it, and it's been the, the difference maker this year for O'Donovan Rasa um, they were superb from start to finish Yeah if you look at the scoreline I mean that even reflects it you were saying they had a big crowd today will they have a big crowd in Parnell Park? I think the whole of Skibbereen will probably go to Parnell Park I know it's a week before Christmas it's a Sunday before Christmas and look it's it's not ideal time of the year you do wonder with the LGFA could we not play these finals in the first or second week of January when there's not much happening and people are only looking for a reason to go to matches but look it is the way it is um, it's the big big occasion for O'Donovan Ross this is a very very uh, GA is hugely important in Skibbereen like a lot of sports in, in Skibbereen like soccer like rugby but the ladies football team have been outstanding all the way through they've got savage support here today and the big thing was considering it's so close to Christmas Dan and the weather was absolutely awful it wasn't cold but there was a lot of heavy rain throughout the hour and that made life very very difficult but still the crowd were here still they cheered mine <clears throat> and I would expect um, a, a bit of a, a bit of an exodus from West Cork to Parallel Park on the Sunday before Christmas for what promises no matter who who they, feed, who they face, Claire Morris or Lavi, where there would be a bit of history between those two clubs on the men's side of things in the final, irrespective of who they play, it's it's going to be a fantastic end, hopefully a positive end, but it's it's going to be a fantastic end to what's been a really, really impressive season. Yeah, the O'Donovan brothers will uh, start uh, rowing people up and down up and down the lifty, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of superstars from this part of the world, <laughs> all right, but um, this particular team has certainly grabbed the attention of a lot of people and, you know, it's they, they're, they're the sum of their parts. There's no one outstanding star player that, you know, they rely on week in, week out. It's it's different every week. It's a real squad and panel effort and this is a very, very competitive uh, grade. Gus Ran are, are not a bad team at all, but they just couldn't. They weren't allowed to get going today at any stage by, by O'Donovan Rasa, who just swarmed them from the opening minutes and just built on their early lead. And any team that can hold their opponents to two points from open play in all Ireland semi final, I think that says it all about their defence. Brilliant stuff, Ger. Thanks so much. Ger also caught up with James O'Donovan, the O'Donovan Rasa manager. Don't know that he named the club after himself or what's the story, but uh, here's him post match. 
James O'Donovan, congratulations. All-earned final, mission accomplished. Can I first ask you, you got off to a great start the last day in the quarterfinal in Glasgow. You all got off to a great start today. How important was that? Oh, it was massive. It was massive. I suppose it's our home crowd. Um, home pitch we wanted to just get out and hit the ground running and fair to the girls as soon as they they got three points on the board straight away there in the first few minutes like and it, it, it kind of it, it kind of took the nerves away from us and gave us a chance to play and uh, we did play after that you know Trina Murphy's goal was also well worked fantastic finish and that gave you a bit of a cushion going into half time yeah absolutely brilliant finish from Trina like Trina Murphy is an unbelievable athlete like it did not surprise me that she was in the end of that like, and, and 30 seconds later she'll be in the goal on the other side like, she's just an unbelievable athlete worked so hard and I was delighted for her to get she got the goal to, to she got reward for all her hard work you know we've talked all year about your defence they were outstanding again today not just the tackling the turnovers and the, the attacks that they launched must be immensely proud of how they've worked uh, they're unbelievable like, and like we have said it like, they're the platform for, our, for all our victories and I thought like, today they, they, beat, they beat all they were just brilliant um, like, we were up against some good forwards there like we some, some inter-county forwards there like and the girls like they just they just fought so hard and give up on nothing and then you know they 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 just they give their their our team basically they set us up for our wins every single day and I'm just delighted for them you know uh, it was game management once they went down to 14 and 13 players and you managed it very well you got that goal near the end from Finola yeah. uh, we saw Laura Donovan, Laura Manny go down injured is she okay? yeah it just looks like a cramp I say she's fine I say she's well fine so all good uh, and now we look ahead for a couple of weeks just before Christmas to all our final parallel park in Dublin um, fantastic well deserved and you'll be very excited about that now it's going to be brilliant so the next two weeks are going to be a, a carnival in Skibreen this is going to be fantastic and you know all Ireland final stuff of dreams delighted excellent stuff well deserved James congrats Fairy tale of New York uh, creeping through in the background there to get you in the festive mood and nice and early. Quite possibly the highlight of the show. I got the opportunity to speak to Erica O'Shea last night. Half ten Irish time, half nine in the morning Australia time. Ahead of the AFLW Grand Final where her North Melbourne Kangaroos are taking on the Brisbane Lions. Enjoy this one. Dan Casey here for Cork's Red FM and the Big Red Bench. Delighted to be joined here with Erica O'Shea. Hopefully soon to be a winner of the AFLW. LW Grand Final this weekend. Erica, how are you feeling about the uh, the game tomorrow? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, firstly. Um, yeah, I know I'm really excited. It's obviously going to be a tough game and it's going to be a huge Irish contingent there. My family just flew over. Neil's family are here and Aura Dwyer and Jennifer Dunner on the opposite team. So, yeah, there's a big build-up and there's a lot of Irish here, which is very exciting. Is, is there much contact with the opposite team, actually? I'm curious about that one. Um, there definitely was all along, but I feel like for the grand final now, we're both still separate for this one. <laughs> very good, very good. And uh, I was doing a bit of research, and does your mom have some sort of ritual in, uh, she used to anyway, with you in the Cork matches, about going to uh, ma- Mass, perhaps, before every single match? Yeah, that used to be a thing with my mom, where she loved that back home, where she came to a new church every time before a game. But no, it hasn't been the same here now, but she'll probably bring it back when she's there, she's here, so... Is, is there not a cathedral in Melbourne or something she could go to know? Yeah, there probably is. She'll find out for me anyway. She won't be long telling me. <laughs> he uh, beat the Adelaide Crows in the semi-final by one point. He just got over the line. I mean, they look like a serious outfit. Uh, what was that whole experience like? Yeah, it was very intense. I suppose it's the same as an All-Ireland semi-final. And to win by a point is just insane. I think we knew they were going to be a top side because they won the Premiership twice before in the last couple of years. And... Yeah, they have the experience and stuff. So we just kind of planned it. We said we're going to go into safety where we hold the ball longer. And that's if we were ahead and we did that. So we were just really lucky in the end. It was a really tough opposition and a lot of hard hits. Yeah, I, I saw you tackle um, one of their players. It looked like something you see out the WWE. Is that physical physicality 
um, something that's much different to playing ladies Gaelic football. Yeah, definitely. I feel like back home it's obviously like non-contact to a certain extent, so it's like basketball in ways. And here it's just completely physical. You can tackle anywhere between the shoulder and the knee. So you get a lot of hard hits between there and obviously a lot of them are off the ball too. So have to watch out for them. Very good, very good. Uh, what position are you? Are you on a half, half back flank? Yeah, I'm half back, yeah. So is that just all, all defensive uh, all defensive role? Yeah, it's mainly defensive role. I was moved into forward now a few weeks ago, but that's just if like they need to. If they need to have speed in the forward line, they said they move me up. But right now I'm still in the back line, which I'm happy about because that's where I'm, I feel more comfortable. And is that physicality one of the best parts of your game? What would you say is, the, is your biggest strength? No, it's definitely not physicality. I'm getting there slowly, but I didn't go to the gym much until like... <laughs> not from rising. <laughs> I only came out to the gym properly since I've been here. So I feel like endurance and speed would be the two things that I'd bring, to be honest. And I've seen you studied in... Um, you were in UL. What were you What are you studying in UL before you got drafted into the uh, AFLW? Yeah, I'm studying head and exercise management. So I'm still doing that online at the moment. So I'm going back in a few weeks time to do second semester in person before I come back out here so I've been doing it online and then going back in person every semester so I'm actually really lucky you all have been so accommodating for that and is that a potential career path or is it just your focus on professional sport at the moment no it, it is a potential career path but at the moment I am focused on my sport but I obviously need to get some degree as well so I'm trying to balance both which is a bit tough but they've been really good to me so is, is that what your mom's really pr- praying for a, a degree from you well no, she's actually praying for grandma more. I have never seen her so into sport in my life because she wouldn't be the huge, huge sport person back home. So it's exciting to see her now get decked out in North Melbourne gear. And the Cork, well, you mentioned there about coming home potentially. You're going to come home and play for the Cork Ladies Footballers again? That's something I'll probably think about when I come home, all right? It's, I am allowed to my club, North Melbourne. They let me choose if I want to play with Cork or not. They always give me the option, which is good, so... I'm just going to see how I feel when I go home, I feel like. Okay, and just about that degree, actually, what was um, what what do you hope to get into? Um, well, I know I get a lot of sports out of it. Like, I know I'd be a personal trainer and all that out of it, but I think I want to go through the business side of it and maybe go into marketing or something. That's my hope, anyway. So own a gym or just uh, stick on the marketing side? I actually, I wouldn't mind owning a gym, but I would like to do marketing as well on its own. So we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to find out a lot of things. Do you play for the Cork Ladies footballers or not? I mean, what, what are the biggest differences between playing with footballers and are playing Aussie Rules? Yeah, I feel like back home, it's a lot of running and stuff like that. But out here, they cap your load. So that's one thing like to prevent injuries all the time because you're playing every week. You have a game every weekend and then they cap your load at training. So if you're not feeling like they have this thing when they send out, and if you're not feeling 100%, you didn't get enough sleep, they'll cap your running just to prevent injuries and stuff like that. Like it's really professional though. Um, so it's, it's good that way. And like they give you a lot of rest and stuff. And they have like gym, they do a certain amount of time off when you're doing weights and then you go back to the weights, stuff like that. It's really interesting. And with Cork, I feel like it's just a lot of running and it's a lot more like top speed and stuff like that and here it'd be a lot more physical like I said so how does that work is there like a whoop band attached to you at all times or, or what's the story well they do have um, small things like they, like they just want you to track your sleep and stuff like that so then you'd send in the next day you'd be like this is so much sleep I got last night you could lie but like there's no point so 
um, you send all the all those details in, and then they like talk with the rest of the S and C teams and the management, and they discuss how you're going to go that night and what your load will be. So it's interesting. Yeah, you were talking about injury there. You had um, an eye injury that cut your season short last year. Is that something you thought about coming into this year? Is that something you'd be maybe hesitant to go into the tackle coming into this season or something you just totally forget about and move on? No, I, I definitely because it was a serious injury. Definitely had an effect on me because I know that I could have lost my sight. And stuff like that. Like I suppose every other athlete definitely has an injury where they, they're always cautious about and that was one for me that it took me a while to get used to again. Like I feel like this year it did take me a while to get going because I was like cautious of going into tackles and I was just way more aware that I could get injured to a serious extent, I suppose. And yeah, it did make me more aware the last couple of weeks, but I, hopefully I'm over it now. I think I'm over it, but yeah. I mean, I'm far from a professional athlete, but how do you put that to the back of your mind or is it just time? Uh, I do feel like like I talked to a lot of the girls in the club and a lot of them have had injuries like that but they said they never had to that extent where they thought they were going like, to lose their sights by that and they wouldn't be able to play um, and I did miss all the finals last year so we made the finals and I missed every single one after playing the full season which was tough so this year it's exciting to be a part of it but um, I feel like as the games went on I just grew more confident like the coaches never dropped me or anything if I didn't perform as well at the start and they gave me the chance to just grow and then play well so I was lucky that they gave me the chance to keep going because I feel like my eye was affecting me at the start and it's not as much anymore which is good and I suppose um, biggest differences in general between living in Melbourne to McCroom uh, I mean uh, I mean, they are very similar in, in lots of ways but uh, can you tell us some of the biggest differences yeah the girls will tell you I miss home a lot I feel like I actually love McCroom I love going back to my hometown seeing everyone down the street you know everyone you know who owns the shops you know you can go see everyone in the cafe and just see who's making the coffee and chat away to them I miss all that where you can just go down and see everyone you know because here you pass a thousand people a day two thousand people you wouldn't know anyone and that's kind of tough but the weather obviously is amazing here and the beaches are amazing here but it's the people at home I miss yeah and is, it, is it just the people at home you miss? Is there, is there more to it? What do you, what do you love so much about Cork and McCroom? Uh, you miss the football as well. I love going down to the Castle Grounds. It's just my local pitch in McCroom and just watching a few games on a Friday and Saturday. Like me and Neve now, she's my housemate. She, she'd be from Tipperary. We have a football in the house just in case. Just in case you want to go for a kick. So yeah, we won't miss it. And I feel like the football would be a huge thing as well because you grew up with that. Is there uh, a Melbourne Gaelic football team by any chance that you've uh, delved into? Yeah, we actually were hoping to play, well, this is before we made the grand final because it's on the same weekend. So obviously we can't now, but there's 11s. So it's 11 aside in Melbourne. Me and Neve said we play that. But we obviously can't now. We made the grand final, which isn't a bad thing. But yeah. And just the training in general, has it ramped up or maybe you're taking it easier for the week? I mean, it was only last weekend you had, had the game against the Crows. Or is it kind of more of a rest rest week? I was thinking it would be a rest week, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, it was, we trained on now. We came in all day Tuesday and we did meetings like, all day like normal. And we reviewed the whole game. And then Wednesday we had a full training. We did gym, upper body and lower body as well. So I thought it would be a bit lighter, but it wasn't. And then we had training last night too, which was a bit full on. So we're not taking any breaks. We want to win. <laughs> when your opponents are, of course, the Brisbane Lions, are ye, was there a lot of video analysis going on or was this? Just all gym work and uh, plays. No, we definitely did do a bit of analysis. I think that's the way we do with every team. We just go through basic things and stoppages and setups. 
but our main focus is ourselves. We want to play the way we want to play. We don't want to play the way they want to play. So we watched very limited clips of them. You're coming across as quite confident. Do you think uh, you can get the job done on a Sunday? I'm always confident, yeah. I'm happy with my teammates anyway, and I have confidence in them as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Is that confidence always there with the Cork ladies as well? Um, yeah, it definitely was. Especially um, we made all our finals when I was part of it. And we were so lucky to miss it at the end. But, yeah, I have a huge confidence again. I've got a good feeling. I mean, you're already an all-star winner, but is that something you'd like to take off getting that All Ireland with uh, with Cork. Yeah, that's definitely. I always said before I played as rules, I wanted an All Ireland medal. Unfortunately, I didn't get that, but I'm hoping if I go home at some stage in the next couple of years, anyway, that we're pulling out. You'd surely be the first person to get one if you got an All Star in Gaelic football and as rules, would you? Is that something that's entered your mind? Um, no, it hasn't entered my mind. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like wherever I am, I'm focused on now, I suppose, at the grand final. My whole focus is on that. So once I go home, my focus will be on something like that. But right now, it's on the grand final. What's your focus on for the grand final? Is it your opposite number or is it um, just the game in general? We actually talked about this yesterday because we had one of the um, men's players come into us. He won four premierships. His name was Liam Shields. And he came in and he was just talking to us about being present and just bringing what you usually bring. You don't have to be extraordinary. That's what he was saying. You do the basic things right, and that's all you need to do. You just need to be reliable. And he was like, that's all you need to do for the whole game. If you're reliable, we'll win. And yeah, I think he's right. Is there a lot of training with the men's team? Or like, would you be looking, um, I presume, a lot of what you'd be doing? Do you cross paths at all? Yeah, we'd be in all day Tuesday together. So we all have lunch together on a Tuesday, which is nice. And we shared the gym with them yesterday. Small things like that. And like the lads have been so good to us to get around us. Like a few of the girls we did to do like recovery in the recovery rooms yesterday. And the boys all left because they were like, oh, you're in a grand final. And they all stopped using the boots and stuff like that. And then all got up and left and said, come on in. And we all just went in like that. They were just really getting around us. It's like a big family in there. And they've all wrote us little notes and yeah, the videos saying, well, get well, uh, get well soon, I'm going to say. Good luck. So yeah, they're all saying good luck to us, which is exciting. But yeah. Or you're not injured yet. You're not injured yet. Uh, what's the sport being uh, like from McCroom? I've seen a few flags uh, flying high on the main street anyway during the week. The support has been huge. Yeah, I've been seeing all the comments on Facebook of the North Melbourne Post saying they can't wait to watch and stuff like that. And the recruiting GA have been huge. They've been up loads of stuff. And so have the girls' team. And yeah, even neighbouring towns have been texting me at different clubs like Nathan Barra and stuff like that. It's just so good to get the support back home. Everyone's going to be watching. Yeah. It makes us feel like excited now because they have such a cool community back home. There'll be some dedication. I think it's on a half three on a Sunday morning Irish time, isn't it? Yeah, it is half three. I've, I've been asked and I've been looking. I, I, I'm yeah. sure they'll enjoy a few beverages as well while they're at it, though. He's gone, I'd say. It's that early in the morning. Where, where's the match on, actually? Is it Sydney or is it Melbourne? It's actually in Melbourne. It's the first time it's been in Melbourne since 2018. So every other time it's been in a different like city. Like You could be in Brisbane last year. And so whoever's in the final, that's where they decide which team is going to be. I have home advantage and luckily it's us this year. So it's oh, is, uh, is that more pressure, less pressure? No, it's more it's more um, exciting. I think we have more support and all the people from Melbourne are coming, like all different clubs, like our housemate from Carrollton, she's going to be coming down and like bringing her teammates and stuff like that. So it's nice. You have different teams and different clubs all supporting us. And they're going to play that terrible song that they have. That I, I listened to yesterday. It was some awful theme song. And, and they're going to be playing that at the end of it. 
Don't pretend you don't know the words. <laughs> I, I do um, not know the words. I do not, but uh, it was awful. No, we will be playing it, hopefully. That's the song if we win anyway, so if you hear that, it's if you, if you lose, you could just do it to annoy him as well. <laughs> true, true. I'll keep that in mind. When are you um, going beating your, your mum and dad? Um, today at some time anyway they haven't really been in much contact so they're trying to keep it a surprise I think but yeah no, I know they're coming so it's just I can't wait to see them because it's been a while now so yeah the Wi-Fi on the plane is, is, is probably just expensive to be fair how long has it yeah. been since you've seen them? Um, so my mum and dad actually came out two months ago but before that I didn't see him for four months so it's it was too exciting to see them last month as well or two months ago but I can't wait to see them now I'm just buzzing for it because I feel like it's been ages and once this is over and you have won, uh, you come back to Cork for Christmas? Yeah, I'll definitely be coming back to Cork. I'm coming home actually next weekend. That's the plan. I'm flying home on the 8th and my mum and dad will fly home with me. So I'll have someone with me, which is nice. It'll break up the long journey. And yeah, I'll be home then until like May or June. So you'll probably see me around in Cork. Very good. Very good. Erica, well, thanks so much for joining us. Best luck in the final. Uh, any final words? you'd like to say to the people of uh, McCroom and Cork. Say thank you for the support and thank you for having me as well. And I can't wait for the finals. Hopefully I'll bring home. Perfect stuff. Thanks, man. Erica O'Shea there, best of luck. That one kicking off at half three in the morning if you're that way so inclined. I'm sure there'll be some huge support from McCroom and his lovely uh, video going viral of her meeting her parents earlier on today. We're back in the big red bench after these. Grab the big red bench podcast at redfm.ie. The big red bench. In the Premier League at the moment is Nottingham Forest nil, Everton nil, and that one is at the half. Now, ahead of a big day tomorrow, Joe McCarthy has been speaking to Ellen Toomey and Neve McAllen from the Cork and Munster Intermediate LGFA champions Glanmoyer. They face Meads and Afina in their All-Ireland Intermediate semi-final in Mallow tomorrow. Now, here on Cork's Red FM's Big Red Bench, we are delighted to be joined by two members of the O'Donovan Rossa LGFA team that have reached the All-Ireland Junior A semi-finals where they will host uh, Gusseran from Wexford next Saturday the 2nd of December with a 1.30pm throw-in in Skibbereen um, and the winners are on offer for the winners is a place in the All-Ireland Junior A final what a time it has been for this club from Skibbereen they've been on some roll since winning the Cork Junior A Championship and the Munster Junior A Championship and now find themselves one step from an All-Ireland final we're joined by Emer McCarthy Emer, how are you? Very good, thank you. Good to have you with us. And we're also joined by Sarah Hurley. Sarah, how are you? Good, thanks. Very good to have you both with us. Thanks for taking the time to speak to us. I know how hectic this coming week is because uh, this past weekend you travelled to Scotland uh, to play your quarterfinal uh, of the LGF or the Junior A All-Ireland Championship and you beat Glasgow Gales. Emer, can I start with you? First of all, the fact that you had to go to Scotland to play your All-Ireland quarterfinal, a uh, lot of logistics involved, air, you know, airplanes, uh bookings, all those types of things that you never think of when you're playing uh, football at any grade. Um, you obviously did particularly well. It was well worked because you won two fourteen to two goals. But talk to me just about the difference that this past weekend was compared to other games and how difficult it was to focus in or was it difficult to focus in on the game? Um, I think the management had a big part to play in how focused we were for the game. Um, like all of the arrangements were done by the committee. We like The players really didn't have to, you know, besides sense pitch of our pictures of our passports we didn't really have to do too much besides show up there on time um so 
they really like made it easier for us, you know, making that big trip. Um, because like, you know, you wouldn't expect to be leaving Ireland to play a GA game. That was not something on a radar at the start of the year for sure. So um no, I think credit where credit's due to the um management and the committee for, you know, allowing us to really focus on the game and not, you know, gonna outside distractions. Same for you, Sarah. Obviously, going over to Scotland and back, it's not an easy thing. There's a lot of young players in this panel as well, a panel of 30 players that may never have been over there. I don't know, maybe some of them weren't even on a plane at this stage, but you got the job done, and that was the key thing. That was the message that was coming out pre-match. Let's go over there, let's get the job done. You must be very, very happy with how you played, particularly in the first half. Absolutely delighted, yeah. Um, I think like the key message was just from James was just to go out from the start and give it everything. And like in the first 10 minutes, he was just like, give it everything. And I think to be honest, it really showed like they only got one score in the first half, one score in the second half. Um, and like, we obviously didn't know what to expect going over there. We, they were a team outside of Ireland, obviously a lot of Irish players, but we really did not know what to expect. So the key message was just don't be complacent because like these girls have played football before and they've won Britain, they won the international. Um, so yeah, we were just focused on, really focused on the game. And for the young girls, yeah, I'd say um, they were just excited for the trip and like they're just super girls, honestly. There was, I think one of the girls or two of the girls hadn't flown before, so it was very exciting for them. <laughs> God, love them on such a big plane with everybody pointing out the fact they'd never flown before, I could imagine. Yeah, so the excitement. Sarah, uh, you're the centre-back on this O'Donovan roster team. Emer is the full-back. Um, one of the big plus points and positives I've seen from your matches this year and covering in the Junior A Championship, seeing in Munster as well, is how well this defence is playing as a unit. It's, there's no one outstanding player from goalkeeper to midfield. Um, you've locked a lot of teams down, a lot of talented forward lines down and restricted them. Restricting Glasgow to two goals Granted, it's a different type of opposition. How happy were you with the defence's performance and in the Munster Championship leading into it as well? Has there been a bit of momentum with that defence? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know, uh, just I feel like we're like a proper unit. Like you can just trust the girl beside you, behind you, diagonal to you. Like it's just, it's unreal. And um, like Ali Tobin there, 16 years old, she's in cornerback, just unreal. And um, I suppose then like even... You could see there was, I think we had two girls come on that haven't like played too much in against Glasgow and like just didn't weaken the team one bit. You just felt the same, like just safe and that we, you could just trust them really. Yeah, Emer, the same kind of question for you. I remember in the Junior A County final this year at MTU, you held a really talented Donnie's team pretty much scoreless for close to 25 I think it was 20, 25 29 minutes um, that helped you get over the line in the end but that defensive structure and that solidity that understanding I would imagine between that unit the, that group of players that was obvious in that just that half an hour performance and how important is it that you keep that going now? Yeah I think um, we've really kind of just built on like working as a unit and making sure that there isn't any free players at a time that, you know, that can cause threats. Um, and I think, you know, game after game, you know, might have been a little bit rocky at the start, but game after game, we've really kind of gained the momentum and gained the trust in each other. And I think that's just kind of shown in the games now. I think as well, there's a few players that kind of were like myself and Cleo were originally forwards and we've kind of moved into the back so we kind of have different, maybe slightly different perspectives on, you know, we know what is, we know what we don't want or what we'd like, yeah. um, what we wouldn't like, sorry, um, to be defended. So um, that makes it, I know, it's a, maybe a slightly different perspective. And Sarah, um, 
was young, <laughs> centre forward at the start of the year, and has really brilliantly translated into the centre into the centre back role. So, yeah, I think it's just a slight different perspective, and I think maybe I don't know if that is something to do with it. Yeah, I think that's interesting because if you've got a forwards mentality and you move into the backs, you kind of have that idea as you've outlined there, Emer, what the forward remarking is probably most likely to do. So maybe there is something yeah. in that. All the forwards listening to this will be getting worried. Their coaches will convert <laughs> them into backs. Um, can I say to you as well, Emer, that this weekend you play the Wexford champions, Gusaran. Now you, I know you don't. You maybe you do or maybe you don't know much about them but at this stage of the season the kind of teams that you play much like in Munster you wouldn't necessarily know an awful lot about them but you do a bit of homework but the fact that the semi-final the all-earning semi-final is in Skibbereen uh, on Saturday it's going to attract a huge crowd it's going to be a big occasion how important is it now again that the mentality of the players and the team after all the excitement of Glasgow and all the excitement that's about to come you stay focused on what you've got to do and that's win that semi-final and get to an all-earning final yeah, it's hugely important. I think, you know, I think we've shown in the last few games that we can keep the focus and obviously it's, you know, having it in our back garden, it's a brilliant, a brilliant event for, you know, the town and the team and just everyone involved in it. Um, but I think we all know that our primary focus is to go out and try and win the game. So I think, you know, again, the management have really, you know, tried to block out the different things that are involved in it so that we can really just focus on the game. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to... We know what our main aim is, so hopefully we can just let them achieve it. And so, what's different this year? Because the core of the team is the same. The core of the panel is the same. That lost to Neva Vaughan last year and then went through the junior A, winning every junior cha- A championship game, beating Donnie's, going on the road to Tipperary, Clare, and then beating the Kerry champions in Mala. What Has there been one big change from this time last year? Or are you just have you just worked harder, or can you put your finger on some of the elements that have turned you, turned things around for O'Donovan Rossa? I don't think there's just one thing, but I think just like we've really like grown, like our friendships have become way stronger. So like bringing that onto the pitch, then it just makes everything so different. And I feel as well because we're such a young team, like the trend, like we've been transitioning from underage to adult over the past couple of years like just physicality like I found myself um, physicality was a big thing and uh, transitioning into the adult age um, and I feel like that's a big thing and like I feel because the younger girls they weren't with us too much last year it was kind of their first year with us but now like they've really really come into it and like and to be honest it's the camaraderie there is just unbelievable between everyone and I think honestly we just want it so badly like for each other and for the management because everyone's putting in so much effort what would it mean Sarah to win an all-earned semi-final on your home pitch oh uh, unreal it would be absolutely unreal <laughs> I just can't even I don't even know what else to say <laughs> Emer, for you as well there's obviously going to be a lot of hype around this as you've spoken about and you've dealt with a bit of that I suppose by going over to Glasgow but how much are you looking forward to running out of that pitch and the roar that's going to greet you yeah, I think it's something, you know, probably once in a lifetime experience to have an Ireland, an Ireland semi-final in Skibreen. So I think everyone just has to feed off that and take the positives from it and try to keep the nerves at bay. But yeah, I think it's just a huge, huge achievement by the team. And I think we recognise, you know, how special the day is going to be. So we just need to take it all in. Indeed you do. Well, on Saturday, as we said, in O'Donovan Rossa, in Skibreen, their home ground, the All-Ireland LGFA Junior A Football Championship semi-final with a 1.30pm throw. And O'Donovan Rossa, the Cork and Munster champions, taking on um, 
Gusaran from County Wexford uh, at a half one thrown as we said we wish you all the best here everybody here on the big red benches behind you we're fingers crossed we're looking forward to it uh, we're going to be there as well on the sideline on the day itself I uh, hope to catch up with the two of you at some stage afterwards hopefully in good spirits uh, but for now um, as we said everybody here is behind you all the best this weekend in that all earned semi-final from Corkshire big red, big red bench Jamie McCarthy and Sarah Hardy thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us thanks James thank you Great stuff there. The very best of luck to Glanmeyer tomorrow. Joe will be at the game and will be on the show tomorrow as well with Sarah with the post-match reaction and analysis. Now going back to the Premier League game, Nottingham Forest and Everton currently scoreless. Frank Watson has the half-time report. Forest nil, Everton nil, combative and uh, scrappy might be the best way to describe the first half here. Lots of tackles, lots of challenges, ball in the air a lot, not a lot of fluent football on display. Everton probably had the best of the chances. Beto firing over after uh, Vlakadimos in the Forest goal had made a mess of a cross when he really should have scored. And then uh, Marillo for Forest clearing off the line when Dwight McNeil fired past Blackadimos and looked absolutely certain to score brilliant defending from Murillo to keep Forrest in it for their part the home side just a couple of shots Alanga hitting a volley into the ground past the far post and just before the break Morgan Gibbs-White fed by Sangre but blasting wide of the near post not a lot of goal mode action at the break Forrest nil, Everton nil. and good news if you're from Castle Lions currently score at half-time in the AIB Munster Club Intermediate Hurling Final, it's Castle Lions 3-11 to Corfin's 8 points. You'd have to imagine that that is that and the Castle Lions have won effectively. Uh, this weekend, the UCC soccer team that won the college's first ever Collingwood Cup will have a reunion. It's been 50 years since the college first tasted success in the competition and they've now won it 13 times. Our friend, Cork Broadcasting legend Billy Barry, was assistant manager of the team and he joined Rory to discuss the historic win and this weekend's 50th anniversary reunion. Well, I am delighted to be joined on the line uh, by our old friend Mr Billy Barry to talk about UCC soccer and a big anniversary which is happening this weekend. Uh, Billy, a pleasure having you on, sir. Thanks for joining us. Good to talk to you, Rory, as always. Uh, and great to have you on as well. Billy, UCC soccer, it's something that's very, very close to your heart and this weekend, as I mentioned, celebrating a, a big, big anniversary. Yeah, a historic weekend, really, Rory. Uh, the club was founded in 1952, and 50 years ago, becoming 21 was a big thing. Uh, not so much now. It's probably gone down to around 12 now or something. But uh, a coming of age, and in 1973, for the first time in the club's history, they won the InterVarsity, the all Earn Collingwood Cup in Galway, and... Uh, a magnificent 2-1 victory in the final and they're coming together for a reunion in Cork this weekend and believe it or not amazingly 50 years on there's only one of the panel of 16 the goalkeeper Jim Russell uh, rest in peace he's the only one that has passed and his son James is going to come to represent him so I think there's a uniqueness in that alone that so many have survived 50 years on from the historic victory. Certainly is. Um, UCC obviously have a rich history with the Collingwood Cup, Billy, and this is where it all started. Can you talk to us, about, I suppose, about the, the players on that team and the characters on that team? Yeah, I mean, they, they kicked it off. The college have won the, the Collingwood uh, on 13 occasions in total, but these guys 
were the people, I suppose, who broke, uh, you couldn't call it a glass ceiling, but the grass ceiling, I suppose, and had the first had the first entry, and they were scattered with, with players who were uh, very, very good Monster Senior League players in their day, captained by Jim McNamara from Blarney at centre-half, Jim Estale, Hale and Harty, and you had a mixture of people. You had uh, the rightful back was a guy from William Fenley from Kilbacow in County Kilkenny, and he was on the Collingwood team that won the second one four years later as well. Uh, Kevin Rolls lives in Tralee, uh, Declan Farmer, ex Heineken, uh, was a member. And you must think as well, Rory, there was only 16 on the panel because there was only one substitute yeah. allowed in those days. College took a flyer uh, under the stewardship of Kieran Dowd, who was the, the manager and coach at the time. Uh, he took a flyer on the fact that they didn't bring a spare goalkeeper with them because they had a guy who played Gaelic football with St Mary's in Carrasavine, Ted Foley, uh, later of AIB when he left college. Uh, he, he could play in goal if they were stuck. No, they didn't have to use him. He came on as an outfield sub in the semi-final uh, and contributed to the, the winning goal there. But local players like Don O'Sullivan, uh, Connie O'Sullivan, I'm looking at a picture of him here up on the wall, Ben Barton, Billy O'Connor, Eddie Doyle, uh, they were all there on that famous day. And of course, we had one of the, the famous Doherty brothers, Kieran Doherty, who was flying in from California for the weekend with uh, the secretary of the club at the time, Blake Burke, uh, who kept CC Soccer Live single handed in his time uh, when he was in CC. And um, we've been short coming from England, we've guys coming from all over the country, and it promises to be. A hectic weekend is all I'd say. I can imagine it will be, Billy. Um, what do you remember about the games in that Collingwood Company year? Well, unfortunately for me, as the assistant manager of the team at the time, and people won't identify with this, no, there was a oil strike in Ireland, and you couldn't get petrol or diesel, well, to spoil petrol at that stage, to take your car to. So I actually didn't go to the final in Galway on the Saturday. Oh. Uh, how different times were there was no buses running every hour that you could hop on the bus and go there and uh, just completely different times but look Rory it was 50 years ago and the lads had like it's a tough competition to win because you're in the group stage yeah. where you play where you play three group games then you play a semi-final on the Friday and the final on the Saturday so five games uh, a game a day from Wednesday on is tough going but these boys pulled it off and finally got UCC on the map. Yeah, uh, I'd imagine you're all really looking forward to seeing each other, Billy, this weekend. As we all know, as people get older, it becomes harder and harder for, for get-togethers to happen. So for this to be happening this weekend, it's going to make it very extra special for you guys. Yeah, and as I speak to you, I'm looking at a photograph that was taken 10 years ago when they had a 40th reunion. And I'm glad to say all the same participants are there. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're really looking forward to it. it it's, it, look, it's a unique occasion. I mean, as I said, 12 other teams have gone and won it since that breakthrough victory. But the, it can never be taken away from this team. They were the history makers and the icebreakers and they were the leaders and they put UCC on the map. The, the soccer club in college at, the, at that stage, to be honest, Rory was kind of, down the ranking, well behind the rugby club and the GEA club, 
uh, they had a trump card in the appointment of Kieran Dowd as physical education officer for UCC. He was a guy, I don't know whether the authorities knew or not, but he had a very strong soccer background. And I always say Kieran was alone about his football intelligence and his tactics and his nose, etc., to UCC, but he bought us a bit of clout as well. He was a guy who'd played in the north for Cliftonville and Torn and had been working in universities in the north of Ireland. He gave a bit of gravitas, that's a very yeah. uh, strong word, a very unusual word for a soccer person to be using, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he, gave a bit of, he gave a bit of gravitas to the club and it's grown since then. Uh, but as I say, these boys were the trailblazers. They certainly were, Billy. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, sir, as always. Um, enjoy the celebrations, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of stories and plenty of laughs had to be had over the weekend. Yes, I look forward to seeing you in Turner's Cross in February. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. Hopefully they have a great weekend indeed. Last week I had the privilege of catching up with y'all native Dennis O'Regan. The jockey created history two weeks earlier by winning at Hereford. He became the first jockey to ride a winner at every current British and Irish national hunt track. Struggling for time tonight, but this is part one of the piece. I will certainly get out part two in the coming weeks. A great listen and an inspirational jockey. Enjoy. We'll get we'll get straight into things anyway. Delighted to be joined here with uh, our jockey, Dennis O'Regan. Dennis, how's the last uh, week or so been for you? I've uh, been super, then. Um, obviously, I've been swamped by messages. Um Messages from all over, really. Uh, so uh, I have to get going and replying to a lot of people. But uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, there's been no rest here in this house anyway. With uh, two young boys and uh, a very busy wife, so uh, I haven't had much time to relax and reflect, <laughs> so to speak. And uh, the families that uh, all horses at home or the kids interested are they going to take up uh, potential futures jockeys? Um, to be honest, at the moment, when they're very young, like one fellow's two and the other fellow's six, he's, uh, yeah, he has a slight interest. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's got a pony anyway. And uh, we have horses here at home, young young sales horses and that. So we're tipping away with them. So, yeah, he shows interest every now and again when it suits him, you know, when it's not too cold and <laughs> too wet outside. Just, you know, well, uh, maybe someday he can repeat in his father's footsteps because right now you are the only jockey to... Uh, win a race at every track in Ireland and the UK. Is that something, a, a goal of yours you wanted to hit and then the retirement was going to come? Or how did that uh, unfold? Uh, yeah, listen, it's it's all the national hunt tracks. Um, obviously, um, you know, there's there's a lot of tracks I didn't ride at, like the flat tracks, the likes of Brighton and Windsor and places like that in England that I, I would never have been able to ride at but all the national hunt jump tracks in both countries I think it's 68 tracks um, which is you know an awful lot of hard work to get and uh, you know it's something I'm very proud of um, uh, I did try to trick myself the last 12 months and tell me oh it's not that big a thing because I was under pressure to get it and I had gone a few times to Hereford to try and get it and uh, there were failed attempts and it would, it was it was tough enough coming back now each time I have to say you know just with the people that went over with me and then obviously th- there was a good few Irish horses as well to go there to try and do it and you know it's not cheap uh, it's a costly thing to do and uh, so 
you know, for 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 me to get it on my first go this season, uh, especially coming back after such a, a long injury as well, uh, it really hit home to me then when it happened, you know, with with the explosion of media and the press that came around it after that, it was it was it was a fairly big thing to do. So, you know, it's sinking in now. And uh, you know, it's something I'm very proud of. We're all very proud of it. And um you know, it'll be uh, good luck to the next man that's going to go at it anyway. There's <laughs> a fair, there's a fair effort to work in it. <laughs> very good, very good. And I suppose that sense of relief when you cross the line. I mean, you were there saying you were going over to Hereford, especially with that in mind. I mean, crossing that finish line that must have been a, a glorious feeling. Yeah, it was. Look, um, like I say, I was off such a long time with injury to get back riding just the day before in Cork. Uh, was was a huge, huge effort. And we knew, uh, I've had a bit of success on that horse throughout the summer and we knew that it was the perfect race for him. And I knew four weeks previous that that was his target. And um, so, you know, we all went, we booked the flights and there was the trainer, the trainer's father and his father's two friends from Kerry Timmy and Ron and, and it was my mother-in-law all came with us. No pressure on um, you all. And, you know, I have to say, Dan, it was a very quiet journey on the plane over and on the way to the airport to Dublin from here and then uh, on, 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 on the journey, hour and a half journey it took from Birmingham to Hereford. Uh, you know, I say you could have counted the words that were spoken now you could have cut the tension with, you know, with a knife. Um, I knew, we knew we just knew um, that 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 was going to be my last chance to do it, and uh, we knew we had the horse right as long as I, nothing went wrong. Uh, we could do it, and I suppose, you know, the horse being the horse that he is, he he jumped around well and he won well, even though he just did kind of lean off the last bend. Looked like he gave up a length or two there, but you know he was well he was well on top. He was one hundred and thirty rated. He was entitled to win, and. Um, yeah, the sense of elation, uh, you know, the crowd that was at Hereford on the day was, uh, honest to God now, was something that I've never seen before. Even when I passed the stands after passing the line and way down into the pull-up area, you know, which is at least nearly half a mile beyond the line, there was people all along the sides of the race course uh, just shouting well wishes and well done. And, you know... You know, a lot of people sent me them videos afterwards, actually, you know, where I was way down on the track. And, uh, yeah, to come back to a reception like that at a, at a Monday, at a Monday track in England, um, you know, I have to say it was, it was emotional and it was, uh, you know, really hit home to me that, um, the the eyes of the world were watching. To be honest, uh, and I didn't real, I didn't real I didn't realize that until it actually happened. You know, so uh, it was something that I'll always cherish. And to have all them guys there, and I mean the crack going back to the airport was just sensational. Oh, how many words were spoken then? Oh, it was a complete, absolute explosion of relief. Party on. Um, I mean, we, you know, we could have went, we could have t- turned, told them to turn around and go back to Hereford. The the crack was just unbelievable. The relief, 
And then, of course, you know, to come back to riding Ferios the next day, the reception I got at the races was just um, outstanding, you know, and uh, something that I'll always appreciate. And, uh, you know, it was, it was you know, my wife, Louise, was working at Ferios on the day as well, and it got a nice presentation. So it's something I'll always, I'll always remember, to be honest. Do you, have, do you have something for the mental piece already up? Yeah, we do. Uh, Hereford gave me a lovely, uh, a lovely vase. So it was uh, Hereford were fantastic throughout the year as well. Uh, you know, they knew obviously they got they done well out of it because there was a lot of people coming to the races. But it was they they treated me with the utmost respect and uh, they looked after every member that I brought over and that came with me. And uh, you know, they always looked after them very well. So I'll always be grateful for that too. Yeah, we'll have to get the t-shirts made up. I have uh, 68 winners at uh, every track in Ireland and the UK. Um, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, look, you, t- you, talk about pr- you talk about pressure as well. I suppose as a jockey, would you have ridden the horse differently if you knew the eyes of the world were on you? No, I think I knew. Uh, I've never been one for changing. Uh, I, I kind of work out how it's going to happen in my head. I've done that all my life. And... Uh, you know, my experience stood to me that I never, I wouldn't flinch on that front. Um, I know the horse very well and I had a plan. I didn't even discuss it with the trainer. Uh, he just left it to me. I knew it was one of them tracks from having so many rides there last year that it, even whatever type of horse you had, you had to be near the front and, and going early for home as well. So, uh, you know, I trusted the horse. He jumped well and uh, we sat third, kind of third, fourth the whole way and we got up sides turning in and um, yeah, he, he delivered fair play to him. Yeah. And how, how did you come to the conclusion that um, you were going to retire? I know, I know getting all the winners, but was it just you were sick of it, age? What what was the main factor? Yeah, listen, I've had a very uh, busy career uh, for 25 years, Dan, you know. Um, I've been on the go since I've 17, 18. Um, and, you know, I've been relatively lucky with injuries, um, touch wood. And I have to say that when I'm not injured, I always went full throttle at the race. You know, never really took a break. You know, so I always, always, for 25 years, have ridden plenty winners per year. And, you know, uh, it was such a big effort to get back from Hereford to get back for Hereford as well that you know as soon as I got that done I found it very difficult to face into the the really hard you know the hard road again and especially I'm carrying a couple of injuries as well I've been having a lot of back trouble so like you know, I've had physiotherapy for the last four or five years, my own physio, you know, just to keep, you know, keep me, keep my limbs in, in order just so that I can keep going. So, like, you know, I've emptied the tank then, you know, I've I've, I've given it everything, you know, I can't, I literally can't give it any more. And can't give it any more. That absolutely epitomizes the man, Dennis O'Regan there. Thank you so much for your time. Not too sure how that uh, crash in the Balangolic bypass is shaping up. Uh, some sporting results Castellanes 3-11 Cora Finn 9 points surely Castellanes wrap things up there into the final currently Nottingham Forest nil, Everton nil with 69 minutes gone on the clock and Ulster men trailing 17 points to 27 76 minutes gone there Edinburgh 
Surely home and hosed. And that is my lot for tonight. Thank you so much for listening to myself, Dan Casey, here on The Big Red Bench, my first solo show on air. They let the shackles off, so I hope I didn't besmirch the great name of The Big Red Bench and Red FM too much. Sarah will be here tomorrow with all of the sporting action. Best luck to Erica tonight, slash tomorrow, whatever way you want to look at it, in the Aussie Rules Grand Final. And best of luck to Glamour Ladies Footballers. Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.